The period of civil war has ended. It's definitely an improvement and totally not a lateral move. Join Ambassador Plek Dexeter and his intrepid crew as they explore astounding new worlds, discover their heroic destinies, and meet weird bug creatures and stuff. This is Mission to Zix. Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. at CYXX, launching September 6th. Feed me more. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and I'm sitting here with the one, Pat Buck. It's pretty good. You have a future in a ring announcing. Yeah, speaking of. Speaking of that, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't either. I was okay. kidding. Uh, man, what a day. What, what a, a night. What a day. We used to get through six of these. We can barely get through four of these. We've done four of the last three times. That's been the number. We, it was six. We, no, the first one we did six, our first recording. We were really organized. We knew, no, four by, I was just telling JD, JD Michaels with the iron attitude with the weight belts, that I was like, doing four of these is not easy. Most people, I would, and I was telling you before, it, it would be ideal to be able to get together once a week. I know. To be as current as possible and to just, when you're doing, I don't think people can understand, we're, this is... This is over four hours. Yeah. Because we're here, we take breaks in between shows. Yep. And we drink more in between. Yeah, no. And whatnot. And it, it is to stay current and stay interesting for four plus hours is not an easy task. But we, I feel like we do it each and every time and we know what we got to get through. And, you know, eventually we're going to get to where we can get together and do one or two every week and every other week or something and, and do some yeah. live shows. I think you were talking about that, right? I'd, I'd like to. I mean, in a perfect world, we would uh, record every week. But it's, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you're, I'm on the East Coast, you're on the West we Coast. We could not be further apart, I, I feel Literally. like, for living in the United States. like Time zone-wise, too. Las Vegas to Rahway, you know, is, is quite the... You're in the new place now, though, right? I am. I'm in, uh, I'm in Queens. I'm the, I'm the new Prince of Queens. And... uh but we wanted to start this episode with Hawkins doing... Hawkins isn't going to be happy about that. <laughs> no. uh, questions. We wanted to do the... We had the email thing going for a while. There's a lot of questions in there we never... We, have a, we have a ton of questions. There's a lot we want to get to in this, uh, in this episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. I think one of the things, you know, the, we talked about very, very early on in the origin stories... Okay. ...was the ankle story. Oh, Yeah. And that is one thing I have purposely held off on, on talking about. And I, I was really torn on, on do I tell it or not? And, and I'm going to tell it because it is, it absolutely needs to be told. Okay. And, and, and I feel like I told you this earlier in the week for me, <clears throat> excuse me. It was, there's a lot of producers in WWE, a lot of, WWE Hall of Famers and, and old timers and guys mm -hmm. legends, and a lot of people don't know exactly why I left outside of what they kind of heard with like the contract stuff and whatnot. But it, it goes way past that, and it deals with the ankle situation and how this company has treated me from day one, okay. and how we abutted heads from day one. Sure. So that is why I kind of want to just give clarification and let people into a situation that they normally wouldn't, you know, have access to. And I think um, we're going to skip the questions. I, I want no, to no, no. I think too. I no, And we're okay. Going to the questions. If you I want, so. I don't know. You sure. You don't want to talk about the story. Do you think it needs to be told up front? I, I mean, think so. Yeah. I mean, that sounded pretty, pretty deep. And I, you know, I rely on you heavily. I told you this before to kind sure. of ask questions because it does help me. Um, I think I'm any questions would be kind of subterfuge until yeah. hearing, so talk about this. What happened? What's so we go back 
to the Nexus NXT. Yeah. The debut of us on NXT, the eight rookies. And we eventually get to where none of us know what's gonna happen with our careers, but we know we're gonna be we're gonna be a faction called the Nexus. And for a lot of the WWE universe, a lot of the fans, that was they loved it. That was a great faction. It was great. It idea. was, and it was, it was underutilized and it was not used properly, and mainly because of John Cena, which okay. fucking marked. That's your headline for the fucking week. Right like, back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's it's a fact across the board. Everybody knows it, and and he was not. He did not want that to go any further than what it was going to go past. <laughs> I for what reason? Because it was working. Because it was over. Because it was eight guys getting over. Yeah. Naturally. That's why. And it was. God forbid guys get over naturally, which has been... I remember you messaged me like, yo, watch Raw tonight when the when all that stuff went down. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was great. That's what happens when you get a non-competitive athlete in a top position who's not used to competing in real life. Okay. That's, that's what happens. So, it... We go back, and we were in Hawaii, and I... Remember messaging my dad that day or calling him, sorry, and like, this is great. I'm in Hawaii at the beach, went and got a great workout in, tanning in the water. Just before the show, life could not have been any better. All right. Walking, just beautiful view, and on top of the world, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. This is what I'd worked since I'd been 22 years old to get to this point. Everything was clicking finally. You're 28 We're, at the time? 28 at the time. This is seven years ago? Yeah. And it was myself and David Otunga. Wow. We were scheduled. We were supposed to win the tag team titles uh, from what we were told okay. in that period against the Hearts, the Tyson and Tyson Kidd and, and Harry Smith. So uh, we were working that me and David were doing a, a tag match that night mm-hmm. uh, against them. And it's one of those weird things. You look, everything was, was just going so great. And um, up until that point, the only real surgery that I've had was my shoulder surgery on my right shoulder. That I I, that. Yeah, sure. That, you know, and we'll, we can talk about that eventually as far as how that all went. But that was like something I'd had for a few years and it, my shoulder got continuously worse. And finally... You dressed it and you, you sat out for a while. Yeah, I had to get it fixed. It was, it was, it was a normal hard. thing. It was hindering my regular day-to-day yeah. life. And this, everything was great, perfect, everything clicking on all cylinders. We do a tag match. Me and uh, Otunga, or the heels, against uh, the baby faces of um, Tyson and Harry. <clears throat> I come in, they're the tag-tag scenario for me and Tyson to come in for the hot tag. Come in, and, and for that particular night, we had the entire, usually for a comeback, You'll have that pretty organized. Sure. And like for fast pace. That's all stuff. you kind of talk you, about. You can't really communicate going hey, that fast. Hey, the heat is whatever. The comeback's yeah, going to be Because you're this. going a little slower, you can communicate a little better. And so um, the initial two things were going to be drop kick, drop kick, but not go off my feet, which I didn't give a shit about. I, I, I felt like that was a specific instruction given to me by the agent that okay. night. But Don't leave your feet on the first two things. It makes sense. Tyson's. Which I get know. it. Like. But I don't get it. It's one of those. It you, like you'd rather bump. Yeah, rather bump all really? that. Yeah, because the crowd gets with it more. They it, do. It, they don't. The, oh, the giant there rock. It like, yeah. And I knew that back then. And but it, you do what you're told. Sure. So I come running in, and for whatever reason, and I just come running in, and Tyson drop kicked me, and my left ankle rolled over, and just snapped, um, in three places, and I didn't know it was. was three places at the time but it rolled over and i just felt a crack 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 and i fell down and tyson was didn't know anything at the time he was, oh, i wonder why he fell down but i hopped right back up took another drop kick and then we did the entire comeback he's always had positive things to say about you too about working that, together then i'm always thankful for that because i always like he's one of the most skilled in ring technicians Absolutely. we've had of this era and I always pride myself on just, I always just go as hard as I can. I hate wrestling in front of him, too, because I'm just like, I can never be that good. <laughs> no, he's, <laughs> he's, he's so good. He yeah, makes yeah. everything look easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, just, he's beyond talented. He's great. And 
I knew that, and like going in there too, and I know that I'm newer at that point, and like so, like I want to go extra hard too at that, sure. and like you know what I mean, and uh, I look at it too. I always in, in <laughs> exposing the business while at the time trying to protect the business, like my character at that time is the enforcer of the nexus, and like I can't look like a pussy, yeah, and oh my god, my ankle, I'm hurt, even on a live event because I my mind it ruins everything, mm-hmm. so just keep going and every step that i took during that match i continued to break that break that was three places in my ankle kept crawling up right kept spiral breaking all the way up my bone my i believe it my fibula all the way um my outer leg bone my i believe it was the fibula uh all the way up to below my knee that's what happens yeah during that match we do the match. We finish it where the, I believe the finish. Because after the drop kick, like it wasn't like you went down. You no, kept, we wrestled for about. What else, a, what else kept happening? After we that? did an entire bump and feed of with spots and so of, you, like a, like a full match kept going. We in, had in, probably in. I would say another ninety seconds of of in ring. Okay. Physicality of back like just back and forth of mostly Tyson getting things on me. Sure. There finally came a point where he covered me and I go my ankle I. I just didn't know what to do and mm-hmm. like tell him I'm hurt. And finally, I go, my ankle. And like he could, like, because I was the crowd, there was points I was running still, but limping because I couldn't put all my weight on my leg. Yeah, yeah. But I was there for everything. And, and to this day, he always puts it over, which makes me feel really good about the yeah, situation. Of course. Because I could tell you this you could put any other human being in that situation, they don't finish the match. No, of course. They don't. I'm telling you, and that's point blank. They don't. I'm obsessed. And they don't finish. And if they do, kudos to them. But I finished the fucking match, and I'm very proud of that. Which, by the way, I've asked for footage of it. They won't give it to me. Really? They've said it doesn't exist. Every no live, every live event is recorded, by the way. But that deals with some things that we'll talk about. Okay. So finally, he springboards off the rope. Boom, mead hook. One, two, three. We get the finish of the match. I can't move after that. The adrenaline instantly. After the clothesline finish, wore off it's right done. away. Yeah. Just done. And then real life set in. Make believe is over. And I am fucked up beyond belief. They have to, they they carry me out They where they help me out. I, I walk out still, but being, you know, helped out with a guy on each arm. Um, they get me to the back. They get the boot untied, take it off. They cut off everything. And they load me onto the ambulance and take me away to the hospital, wherever we were in Honolulu, Hawaii, or whatnot. And um, everything was just kind of a blur. It, like, happened so fast. And uh, take me to the hospital. They drug me up. They break my ankle into place while I'm drugged up because it was all fucking contorted and whatnot. Do some x-rays. And I don't know if they did an MRI or not, but they, they did everything they needed to do. Uh, they took me back to the hotel and Kathy Morell, uh, who works with WWE, she was there at the time and she was with me and, and I love her to this day. And she's always been so sincere and so kind and, uh, she's probably well underpaid and mm-hmm. probably deserves a raise if Hunter events are listening fucking marks. Um, but she took care of me and got me back to catering, got me some food. And uh, got me back to my hotel room and then helped me to the airport the next day, which was a whole... After the doctor. After the, the breaking my ankle in place and casting it up, which was an experience in its own. So everybody, we were going from Hawaii to Japan. That sure. was the tour. I now was going from Japan to Home. back to Tampa where yeah. I lived. So the flight was from, uh, sorry, from Hawaii to Dallas connecting to Tampa. She got me on the plane. They flew me to Dallas. Once I got there, that's when hell set in. Like, okay. so I fly. They they had first class. They got me like a nice seat to keep my leg elevated. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, we don't know how bad this is at this point. Yeah, I yeah, broke my so bones. New. But we need to get me back to Tampa. That's what. Like, I, I I mean, nothing wrong has been done at this point. They fly me back to Tampa. My toes look like. They're going to explode on this flight from the swelling. The blood yeah, flow yeah, yeah. was fucked up in my leg. So I just looked down at my feet. I could see my toes through the casting. And I mean, they are 10 times the size of normal. Really? And I'm, I'm terrified. It's from the flight, from the flight. 
blood clots, everything. You don't know what's going to, like, my leg is elevated. They gave me a back, like a little um, paper thing of uh, the pain pills. Nothing was working. Like, right. just, so I'm already. But at the same time, it's nobody's fault yet, really. No, like, this is nobody. Like, trying to, yeah. This is just an entering injury. Sure. That happened. It sucks, it but. Sucks. And everybody was doing their best. Just Everyone's get me back. Figuring this get out. me home. Let's, then we'll go Let's from there. Let's figure this out. Okay. So just I. To, just to be fair. Yep. Absolutely. We, we, we need to be entirely. Sure. I get to Dallas and they. Uh, it, and dude, once I left Hawaii, it's out of everybody's hands. And like they had crutches for me. Okay. And like then like I had think I had like a three hour wait or something and like I'm walking around on crutches with a broken leg trying to figure out like I'm just this was at a point in my life I just made it to my dream job and it all now I'm thinking I just got injured this early on. I know. After, what's get, after what's, all this shit you've been fired, yeah, rehired. Fired, rehired, shoulder gimmick. surgery, come back, skip Sheffield. Still skipped Sheffield, but was was being more serious now. Like things were going, we were supposed to win the tag titles. That's the out the first window. thing you really got that was of substance that that, that kind of like really called that on TV. It seemed like you were the second in command to Wade. Yeah, that seemed like oh shit, there's Wade who's the leader, and you're the fucking next guy up. Like you're yeah. his like little general, and that was like getting some legs. He was the mental leader. I was the physical leader. Yeah, I okay. always kind of it is that like and i felt like that came across very well with the dynamic of the group that we had and i felt like people got that and i felt like we both played our roles perfectly in that and that's why a big part of why that all worked along with everybody else that added their gabriel was the high flyer he was a little yeah he was this he was you know everyone in gabriel was a huge part of it too i feel like and like everybody was everybody had their role <clears throat> but it was it could have lasted another year or two. Absolutely, and it should have. And then you can see with the shield with what they when they which should have lasted another year or two. But like that was protected, and like exactly. they and that they was their it, creation. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. This wasn't necessarily like something that they wanted to go as long for. So we we get me finally back to Tampa, and. The swelling was so bad. I broke out in like a little bit of scabs from like um, the swelling, everything. My like, I can't. Really? I forget what it was. It was it was gross. The whole process. Uh, that day, they had a driver pick me up, drive me back to my apartment. I had a doctor's appointment that same day. I drove myself with my foot hanging out my window of my car. I had my my uh, Nissan Altima, and. I just, I had to go to my doctor's appointment. There was nobody to take me. They literally flew me home. I'm home with a leg broken from my knee down. Well, I got to go to this appointment. And I can't, my leg, I had to literally stick it out my window and drive across town 30 minutes to this hospital to go get a doctor to go do MRIs or whatever they were going to do. So they do all that and they realize it's just all broken bones. And there was no nerve damage or anything like that. So I broke the ankle in three places. I broke the bone from wrestling on it and continued to go. Nobody stopped the match. I just kept going because nobody stopped the match. Where now they'll stop the matches. Yeah, yeah. If somebody gets hurt. This didn't happen on that. And it's nobody's fault. It was a different period. And I'm proud that I finished the match. So all this goes on. They choose, for whatever reason, not to send me to Birmingham. That's what I thought was crazy. Yeah, you told me about this. Like, Where everybody goes to Birmingham, Alabama for their surgery. For James Andrews. For unless there's a particularly, in particular, unless there's a good doctor somewhere else that's, that's notably better, that's a specialist in that area. You go to Birmingham. What was the reasoning? There was no reasoning for this. It was at the time they hired a guy named Matt Smith okay. that worked at FCW, who was. And I'm not, I'm going to try to, I don't want to, I don't want to let personal feelings get involved in all this, but he had no business being employed by the company. He was not the right person for the job and I'll leave it at that. But he was in charge of, he was like making decisions for me. So they had him pick a doctor in Florida, Dr. Hercevici, this guy, I'll never forget the name. They send me to this guy to fix my broken ankle and my broken legs. I'm just a guy who at this time is trusting the company. You figure it's going to be. I'm being sent to the best doctor in the world for this particular surgery. That's what I thought at the time. 
no questions asked because everybody else gets sent get sent to the best doctor. You're gonna be, you're gonna be fixed up right away. Yeah. So I go to this Dr. Hercevici and I wake up from the surgery screaming in pain. Really? Scream like the pain that I was in before times a thousand. Jesus. Getting Christ. electrocuted from my knee down. Like so what is the in the and I raised concerns with this Matt Smith yeah, yeah. over this Tampa General Hospital, the, they came over. They literally stuck a needle in me and injected me with morphine and put me back to bed. I wake up again. How much ever longer? Screaming in pain. They come over again. Put Percocets in my mouth, inject me with morphine, put me back to bed. This went on time and time again. Holy Until fuck. the next day. Till the next day. So nobody wanted to just listen to me and like, like hey, something's wrong Something's here. wrong. Like, uh, no, that's so fine. Yeah. Inject so like this is he has, a, he has a low problems low are beginning. pain threshold. Yeah, which I don't. No, like, of course so, not. But like just I'm like I'm raging because I can't. Nobody's listening to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I can't. I'm just getting electrocuted, and like I can't explain getting electrocuted to people when when your nerves are fucked up. Sure. But my entire from my knee down, just getting electrocuted constantly, which was the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever been in my entire life. But they keep injecting me. Finally. The doctor comes in. I wake up and I just said, I'm not right. Something's not right. Yeah. He goes, no, no, no. You're going to be totally fine. This is totally normal. He goes, you're, you probably feel like a little bit like electrocution and like, and I go, yeah, but like a lot. And I'm getting, I can't, it hurts. And he goes, no, no, that's common with the surgery. I put a foot long metal rod in your leg, um, which by the way, I found out later on that I didn't need, didn't need it, didn't need it at all. And then he didn't put it in the correct way rather than like filleting my leg open all the way up and then like inserting and separating everything and putting it in. He like made three tiny incisions and slid it in, ripping my myofascial tissue all the way up, which is the tissue that holds your muscle in. And then he put, screwed it through two nerve, my perineal and superficial nerves in my knee, uh, right below my knee. Which is why the pain was happening, right? Which was why the, which was why I was getting electrocuted constantly nonstop. So... I, for the like the next six months and going back and forth with this Matt Smith and WWE, like I'm not right. Something's not right. I'm yeah. fucked up. Like I can't, I couldn't walk. No. I'm on, I was in a wheelchair. Like, and I was supposed to be back in four months. I, I, like, I remember telling you, like, you're wheelchair. You were going to the gym in a wheelchair. Yeah, in a wheelchair. Because I'd lost so much weight. Like I couldn't take, I like, I had to just get out and I'm literally crutching myself with a wheelchair. Carrying a fucking wheelchair on my crutches yeah. into my fucking car, putting it in my fucking car, driving to the gym, and then sitting in a wheelchair and wheeling and yourself, wheeling out. myself around while I'm working out. And they, nobody was like, it just was going on deaf ears. And like, and the medical system wasn't what it is now. And this Matt Smith was like, I was, I'm, I'm fucked up. My leg is fucked up telling this guy time and time again every morning like something's wrong and my went and got x-rays three months and my bones were all healed like when they said like like so that was the whole issue was the bones right so i go in there and my bones are all so what do you think now i'm thinking what the fuck is you that should have told them i went in with all bone damage the bones are all healed but i'm this fucked up still so like let's start fucking exploring what's going on Yeah, yeah nothing it wasn't happening showing up every day doing rehab Matt the trainer was so lazy that he sometimes wouldn't come into the school on show days to do my rehab with me I would drive three hours to shows with a fucked up leg out my fucking window to go do rehab at the fucking live event show because the lazy fucking trainer wouldn't drive fucking 10 minutes down the road to come to the school to do rehab with me. So people wonder why I'm so angry. He's not still with the company. No, he was fired. Okay. And like, and he is, and I'm, that's why I'm trying not to just go on a rant and just bashing this guy completely. But he was the most just disrespectful piece of shit human wow. being that had no position, had no business being in that position. He should position. have been fired. Yeah. yeah. He should have been hired. I mean. No, not at all. Should okay. not even have had the, the privilege of, of being around the, the people that he was around. And at that point in time, you got to do what you're told. I wasn't in a position of having any power of like, like this isn't right. You're, like, t- you're still on yeah. the cusp bit of things. Yeah. So 
it just, I mean, picture, I, uh, this happened at least twice every week, me driving three hours to live events, two hours to live events with a lake where I should have just been home, Rest especially time. with the position that it was in. And like, and that's so what even I, though you're hurt. They'd be like, why are you? Driving? I think a lot of this was on. Nobody knew about it because this trainer was protecting himself. And I thought I was just doing like, look, I'll just come to the show. I got to do my rehab because okay. he wouldn't go to the school. Sure. And like, I needed somebody to, to hold the bands for me to do the rehab on my foot and like you need I needed a partner to do a lot of the exercises that I was doing which is it's very it sucks looking back but I look at it and it's just that's who I am as a human being and yeah, so yeah. it's like so this goes on and on and on they finally they set up a second surgery with the doctor it really hurts me buck when you're looking at your phone when I'm talking I feel like you don't no I'm just timing it out I'm you I, did it to me before I'm like talking, I have, I'm talking about political stuff and you're like yeah <laughs> well it's Looking at my alarm on my house, my burglary alarm. Uh, really? Yeah, it went off. My mom, though, had, uh, she lives in the two-bedroom apartment suite attached to the house. She had cleared it, and I, but I was looking at the cameras oh, okay. to make sure that nobody broke into my house. All right, well. Which I apologize, but uh, that was what was going on earlier. So I, wasn't, talking about your, I was highly interested in your political talk. You're talking about your second surgery. Second surgery. Uh, with Dr. Hercevici in Tampa, Florida. If, if you have a surgery with this doctor, do not get surgery by him, ladies and gentlemen. Um, in which nothing. I don't even know what. I, to this day, I don't even know what we did. Really? Like, I don't know what was correct. Like, I came out of it. Nothing was fixed. Nothing. Same problems that I had. The electrocutions were a little bit less than what they were before. But all the metal was still left in my my leg and ankle. So... We go now, fast forward, I, one year of dealing with this mentally and physically of a four-month injury, three-month injury, whatever you want to look at it. My bones were healed after three months. I'm out a, well over a year. Well, we're going to bring you to WrestleMania so you could talk to, in Atlanta so you could talk to the doctors, Dr. Maroon. And, sure. And last thing I want to do is go to WrestleMania and see everybody and like, oh, how it's it's the same shit hey, over I'm and over. How you doing? How you? Well, I'm fucked up still. I can barely walk. How are you doing? Like, that gets old after a while. Sure. And like, so they bring me there. I lay low, and I see the doctors, which they don't know what. Well, multiple doctors told you you're never going to wrestle again. We don't really know what to think of it. Well, how about you open up my leg and take out the metal, fucking. How about that? Like, mm -hmm. that was all that I was thinking. So I go, well, I want the metal taken out of my leg because I was fine before the metal. I broke my bones. This guy fucked up my fucking, my nerves. So um, they sent me finally to Birmingham to... Um, James Andrews. Not, but one of his doctors uh, under his... Uh, Dr. Angus McBride, I believe his name was. And it was his name. He, I don't, he no longer works there. I believe he's somewhere in the Carolinas, but he was. Incredible doctor. Brings me in. Three doctors told me I would never wrestle again. That, that I was done. Like, during this period. Okay. Uh, I say, I go, I'm not done. I want the metal taken out of my leg. I feel like the metal is, the, the, the nerve damage was from this doctor. Um, turns out, by the way, the doctor, Hercevici, that they sent me to, that the Matt Smith, they had that guy that was working down at FCW. Yeah. They trusted this guy who had no business doing this, find a doctor in Tampa. Dr. Hercevici, at this period, was sued 10 times in five years for malpractice. 10 times. For 10 times. Not once or twice. Holy fuck. 10 times during this period for malpractice for screwing up surgeries why would he send you there what was the reason because he didn't because he it didn't was, know he was lazy so it was find us find a place to have surgery for for ryback get it done get it done he had a wife and kids at home he didn't care about he he was not involved in his job to this day one of the laziest human beings i've ever met to this day i would have to remind him of the rehab stuff to do because he was so lazy okay but so that was the situation with that. I go to McBride, and he tells me, I can't promise you you're going to have an opportunity to wrestle again. Okay. All I could do is take the metal out of your leg, tell you the damage that has been done, mm -hmm. and we could hope for the best. I said, that's okay. Fair I enough. Go, I just, 
want this metal taken out of my leg. There's still one little piece of metal in my ankle, by the way, and I'm convinced that's why my big toe won't go up still. Because I'm like right now you have it. Yeah. And I, I want I need to have it removed. Yeah, you do. Because I feel like so and but just so you know, there's one piece my big toe still won't go up all the way. So he takes out everything and sure enough tells me everything that I he goes, There were two screws through your perineal and superficial mm-hmm. nerve. This guy and he told me he goes, If you ever need me to vouch for anything, I will. He would. He would. Uh that the damage that this doctor did to you it's crazy crazy that and i get mistakes happen but like this is mistakes he yeah ruining a guy's life that never i didn't need the foot long rod put in my calf to begin with sure so why he thought to put it in and then put it in and put it in the wrong way i had to have another oh the second surgery by the way was to fix he the myofascial tissue that was ripped my leg with the foot-long rod that they put in. Yeah. He fixed that up because my muscles were bulging out of my leg. Like, so imagine muscle just sticking out. Like, Ugh. it just, I can't, it, look, it looked like Frankenstein, just deformed monster. Terrible. So they, that day, and, and, I'll, and I'll never forget this, I was maybe awake for like an hour after surgery. Mm-hmm. Who do you think calls me? At no the idea. time, who was in charge? Laurinaitis. Yep, John Laurinaitis, who was in charge at the time. And the phone call was being recorded. You know what he could tell? I could hear the echo on the, on the really? phone. Yeah, to this day. And he was like, well, we did everything we could to get you better, right? Right? And it was like asking me questions. And, like, and I just said, and like I wanted to answer because I knew. I was like, they're going to fucking fire me now. Really? They, yeah. And I was like, they, they, they did all this to, in their minds, feel like they did everything to fix me. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to, now they're justified in their minds. Oh, we could fire him now because so I don't answer him on anything. And a couple months went by and it was when, uh, Chris masters, Johnny prime. And I forget there were a couple other people released. Okay. They were, had all been released during the day. I was the last one, I guess. Because I saw I was keeping up with all of it. At the time, I was at Gold's Gym in St. Petersburg, Florida. Get a call from John Laurinaitis. And he tries to fire me. While I'm still fucked up with my ankle. Like, now, granted, I've been fixed with everything. And like that was told that I was going to have a chance to come back to the ring. Now, I mean, like, this is pretty... Iconic, no, I mean rare. Because it's never. By the way, nobody's ever been called and been fired and not been fired. The only person who's been ever released while they're hurt, I've heard, was Test. He had a broken neck. Yeah, and they called him. And they said you're released. But outside of that, there's never been anyone. Okay. So, and I remember this distinctly. So go ahead. John Laurinaitis calls me, uh, which I'd not been cleared yet to return back to in ring action. I just had the third surgery, and I was, I was. Attempting to come back yeah. from the, the third surgery. From the two botched surgeries from that first doctor. Mainly the first one. And he tells me, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Gives me a bunch of bullshit. And, and, I, and to this day, I don't hold John Laurinaitis personal. Personally, I don't hold him accountable sure. for this. He was doing what he was told in that position. And, and that came from either Hunter or Vince. Most likely both of them. Uh, and... And actually, to to backtrack a second, this probably came from Hunter Soley. Hunter, who was starting to gain more control over developmental this period, sure. came was coming into FCW a little bit to kind of that. That's when I think the wheels were kind of turning to, as far as him getting more and more involved yeah, in yeah. developmental. He comes up to me. He goes, "Oh, how you doing?" And I go, "I'm feeling good. I finally got the metal taken out of my leg and." He goes, ah, eventually we got to pull the plug on you. His exact fucking words. Hunters? Hunter, Triple H, fucking, eventually we have to pull the plug on you. Was his exact words. So remind you, and by the way, and I've Jesus talked to other Christ. people that know me, like growing up, he was one of the few guys that I actually really liked. Yeah, yeah. And like, like and I don't want to say looked up to, but I, I liked his character. Sure, of course. And, and like, I liked the whole deal. And like, so then this guy who's now the boss looks at me, oh, eventually we have to pull the plug on you. Now, in any other situation of, of a guy not performing and not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, like, 
this was like, come on. Like, and I knew everything. I was driving three hours to the live events to go do rehab, fucking busting my ass trying to figure out calling the office, telling them things aren't right, but falling on deaf ears for a fucking year. So like I've, I'd never felt more let down in my life than that moment right there when he said those words. Well, huh? Eventually, we got to pull the plug on you. And he said it in a high-pitched voice and fucking like, hey, eventually, we got to pull the plug on you. And I just sat and stared at him in complete confusion and like, just what the fuck? Do you think he's a bearer of bad news or he just took upon himself like, if, if, I if not to on. say that to another human being, sure. that and like, and, 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 and to give him, in all fairness, he probably knew nothing of what I had been through and what I was doing. To try to to correct the mistakes of that fucking company time and time again, so but in my mind I knew and I, and it fucking not only hurt me but it lit a fucking fire under me that I am now playing with the fucking devil yeah. with all of this and that woke me up. That's when everything, whatever mark was in me at that point, fucking sure. left that fucking moment in time. It was like fuck this. I'm now dealing with this fucking piece of shit across the board with this entire company. That's what it fucking changed my whole outlook on the wrestling business forever. So, Johnny calls me in St. Petersburg, Florida, as I'm sitting there in a Gold's gym, middle of my workout, and I have to stop and cut a 20-minute promo on him on how he's not going to fire me and, and to tell him everything that I'd been well, through. I mean, you're, you got a piece of paper, right? To this day, locked away in a safe. Saying that you're released from the company. Yeah, they fired me on my birthday. Really? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, really? I swear to God. You got that on your birthday? Yeah. The, the, the contract that I was fired and it was for November 10th. My birthday. Whoa. Holy they, shit. And, and, and like, to people don't understand what they're like. No. It, they will. And I'm like, and I, this is a guy that did nothing to them at this point. And yeah. that like, fucking, you could wait one fucking day. Like, and, and maybe it was a coincidence in all fairness. Maybe it was. But. I've heard other instances where it's not, you know, so they, Johnny calls me to, to explain that Johnny calls to fire me to along with the other guys. It says post Hunter post that post thing. that, that thing with Hunter, uh, post, uh, all that Johnny calls me to fire me and I know you're not firing me and here's why you're not firing me. <laughs> and I, and, and told him and I, and I, I love John Laurinaitis to the, like, You've always been a supporter. I have always, and like, but and I know he was just relaying, but and he was on the other end of the wrath of that, like everything that I'd been through, mm-hmm. and I knew then and there if I would have been like, yes, sir, and been a fucking mark, and like, You're done. Thank you guys for your time. Like, I would have been a twenty-nine-year-old guy with nothing to fall back on, who nope. devoted his entire adult life left, dropped out of college to go to WWE, which was my own choosing. But your whole run would have never fucking happened. Never would have happened. People don't understand. And so Your I existence. nothing, none of this would have existed unless I had the balls to stand up for myself at that moment in time yeah. and say, fuck you. So I had to go get attorneys and look into all of this at that time, at this time, because now I knew, well, they just tried to fire me. So then the next step was, then they tried to put me in developmental again and leave me in developmental rather than bringing me back to the, because before I was on the main roster, yeah, you were NX, we had got, we NXT, got NXT, Nexus. And then, like, so now it was, well, we're going to put you back in developmental, which was to put me in developmental. To drop your pay. To drop my pay and to let me rot or to just let me rot and to fire me. Like, let a year go by and then, then fire me. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and, that, and, like, I saw, I already knew what I was dealing with based on the comments from Hunter and everything else. So I knew, okay, I can't let this happen now. <clears throat> so I got the attorneys. And so I knew, and it came down to... It's actually really, really funny how this all came about. I didn't know you got the attorneys. I remember yeah. all of this, but I I, I, I never had to tell me basically. On I the never phone. had to wrestle another day in my life if I didn't want to. No. The, the 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 lawsuit that we could have brought to WWE could have brought them to their fucking knees. Based on your ankle, based on the basically. ankle, and, and how this was handled from beginning to end. And this is what always bothered me with that is I always I don't wanted. I, I told them I go told John I go I want to earn my my keep. I go, I just want an opportunity to get over. And I told John Laurinaitis, I go, from one year from right now, I will be the most over guy that we have on the roster mm-hmm. if you give me a fair shake at this. And what happened one year from that time? Most over guy on the roster. Yeah. 
I kept my word. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and I felt so let down by all of this. And WWE and I, and I, I wanted to forgive them time and time and time and time again and just and believe that they were going to make this all right. And not that they had to push me or anything like that, and but just give me an opportunity and not hold this against me. But deep down, I knew that by getting attorneys and, and fending for myself and having the courage to have an opportunity to live my dream, they were forever going to fuck with me. Okay. So that is what I was playing with my entire career. So I came in and I had some moments of greatness that they would give me, but then invent them, and they, and they can deny this all they want, but this is fucking the truth. They fu- they wanted to fuck with me based on everything from that. So you think there was always resentment, no matter yeah. what, from your right no matter what career? Yeah. Okay. And that's why I've always, I've been very, I didn't know if I wanted like to talk about it, but I need to, I need to let people know. And I want, I told you this before, like a lot of the producers and the agents and, um, old timers if you want to call them that or whatnot i feel like they don't understand like see a kid a young kid get offered a bunch of money and walk out but you got to understand it was more than just the money and the creator it was how i was treated during this these circumstances Mm -hmm. when i was very vulnerable and like life wasn't so good and and i had done nothing but try to make a bad situation right on their end and tell them and i would go out of my way and lie in media interviews and say wwe gave me an opportunity to come back time and time again i said that doing media in why like, didn't you sue straight up for when your your ankles fucked up yeah doctors there it's not related what happened there where you said I'm not going to do this. What was the reason? So WWE, so, and this is what I was getting ready to tell you. Hunico, who is known, uh, Sin Cara. Uh, Pretty nice. There are a lot of fists. I love, Sin Cara is one of my favorite people. Okay. Uh, I'll text him occasionally up there. And legitimately, so not to say that Sin Cara is like one of the toughest guys on the roster, but he's not afraid to fight. He's not afraid to fight. That, which, which makes ma- you one of the toughest guys. Which does make you one of the toughest guys because the majority of guys have not been in fights. Yeah. And that's just the truth. Yeah. And it's not saying the guys up there. It's most people today haven't been, been in a lot, fight. of, a lot of fights. A lot of fights, yeah. So he... But like he grew up in a in a part of Mexico where like he, like that's how you have to survive. Sure. And so... And, and I, he's... I, he's one of the nicest guys on the entire roster mm-hmm. and like and anybody, but, and not to say he, he but he, he doesn't take any shit. And I, I feel like I'm a good human being. I get along with him. Yep. But like, if you're like, what's the fucking, I don't even know the, the Vada villains. Yeah. yeah the yeah. one guy, I know the one guy, Gotch uh, is always in trouble. The, he's a douchebag. He's a douchebag. Okay. Like, and I have personal examples of being up there and him saying a couple things to me. Like I wore my, my last day up there, by the way, true story. Uh, I wore a suit one day a Monday, and I, you wear you usually bring one suit on the road. Sure. For me, I would, and I would bring a different undershirt, tie, and vest for the second day. Same pants. Okay. But the vest was the same color of the the suit the jacket. Suit. And he comes up to me while I'm talking to Ziggler my last day there in St. Louis, and he goes, "Hey, Skippy, call me Skippy." By the way, which, which is really weird. Which is weird to me because other like Natty Nightheart would call me Skippy. Because of FCW. Because she knew me knew from Skip that. Sheffield. I have five names with everyone because as whoever they first met me as. Yeah. But he never knew me as. There. No. So I always like, and I never understood why he did it. And like, I don't give a, I don't even care to conversate with a guy. Sure. But he goes, eh, because didn't he wear that suit yesterday? And I'm just, you got to remember, this is a guy I barely talk to. And I just look at him while yeah. I'm talking. You to think this, that's intentional or he's just a natural weirdo? I don't know. If yeah. if if so, he's like Martin Short in the fucking movie Pure Luck, where he just like that's a good reference. I don't know that, but says the worst things and is at the wrong place at the wrong time all yeah. the time. Maybe so. I think I think that might be it. To be honest, with it, you. like because I've heard of so many things. I go, I've heard too many things where it's like, yeah, this guy, eh, I don't yeah, know. where he's lacking a chromosome or two, just like exactly. something's off. Yeah, and he and I look, and I, it was so. It was you got to remember, we're just sitting in a hallway talking. And this just comes up, and that's the first thing you say. I literally, me and Ziggler look at each other, and like our eyes, like, <laughs> and I look back at him, I go, No, I wore a different shirt, different tie, and a different top, same pants. And he goes, Oh, okay. And just walks off. Like, so when I heard that, that Shikara beat his ass, I was, 
<laughs> I was like, I totally get it. Like, whatever. I don't care what What's happened. I'm sure it was his fault totally. But so I'm in the ring. I go down. It was an FCW show day. Okay. I'm just getting back into the mix. I haven't been cleared yet by the – or I just got cleared by the WWE uh, doctor that week mm-hmm. to, to be able to resume in-ring activity. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm in the ring, and I had Claudio uh, – Cesaro had just he was really new down there and I took a liking to him I like we talked a little bit and I was like, oh I really like this guy and we were in the ring just rolling around just blowing up just sharing wrestling and yeah and uh I don't know we were in there 15 20 minutes and I was just getting back into it and I was I was like I was pretty I felt good but uh, Hunico, Sankara, who I've talked to, we were like, we would joke around, but we weren't by any means as close as we are now, comes into the ring and tries to shoot on me. What? So, yeah, yeah. He's, so you got to know him. He's like, he likes to fight. Okay. So why not a big guy? He wants to test himself. I get it totally. So I grabbed him and I fucking picked him up and I slammed him to the mat to try to shut that shit down right away. Mm. And he is a little skilled little motherfucker. When I slammed him down to the mat... He put his knee up and broke two of my ribs. Uh, what? Yeah. Really? With my own, just, I, cause I picked him up, slammed him into the ground to take him down. But he put his knee up so that when I, because he saw that I was, as, as I was taking him down, I was going to land on top of him, knee up. And whether he did it on purpose, it happened regardless. And we laugh about it to this day. And I'm, I thank him every day for this. Uh, broke two of my ribs. And I just got cleared like three days ago <laughs> after a year and a half out of the ring. Yeah, yeah. And I what I literally said, I go, we're good. I get up. I fucking walk out of the ring, fucking leave, uh, watch the rest of the three hour show. Next day, go to a doctor, get x-rays on my own, pay my own money to get it because I don't want anybody yeah. to know. Get two broken ribs. So I'm thinking and like the breaks were fucking pretty Man. fucking big. Wow. Like, yeah. So it's hysterical. Another fucking headline: Sin Cara breaks Ryback's ribs. Oh yeah, it's full of headlines yeah. here. This one, actually this... listen to it. How about Ryback slams Sin Cara? Uh, so, anyways, they were gonna. When I realized they were gonna keep me down in developmental, mm-hmm. and what was going on, me and Hunter had, had a couple phone calls, and I finally had to. I called them and. This is what I knew that with that, I needed to give it a few weeks to get those to heal. And I knew I couldn't say I was hurt again at that period in time. Yeah. You if I would have, I would have right. been like, yeah, 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 like, I don't know what else to like. It would have been forced to, because if they fired me, then obviously legally we're going a whole other route. I wanted, this is what I was, I always just wanted an opportunity to go back and do something. and live my dream. That's what I wanted. And I did, I did get that, but it, it, obviously, it wasn't the way that I fully expected it to go, uh, and everything. But I had to call Hunter, and we had a phone call, in which I told him, I go, and it was very, I don't want to say it was like heated, but it was I'm not I'm not staying in developmental. I'm moving back to Las Vegas. I've been gone for seven years. I miss my fucking family. Yeah, and I was on the road before. I want to be treated like a main roster superstar. Mm-hmm. I'm moving home. He said, I have no problem with that whatsoever. He allowed me to move home. So I thanked, like, thank you. Like, but I didn't realize the deeper under, you know, underlyings of all this, of everything that was going to happen. So I move home. They left me at home for a couple months, actually. More than plenty of time for my ribs to heal. Finally called me. All right, you're back on the road. They put me back on the road as uh, Skip Sheffield doing live events. And um, eventually... I got an opportunity. I debuted because I went to Vince and I said, you guys bring me to fucking TVs every week, live events every week. I'm like, I'm sick of this. Put me on TV. I don't want vignettes. I don't want anything. Put me on TV. They put me on TV like two weeks later after. So start of everything. Huh? As Ryback. Yeah. And um, I remember a funny story about all that is, can remember Kenobi? Yes. Is it Matt Kenobi? What's his uh, real name? Matt Martala. Yeah. Um, Oh, the vignettes. He would like, oh, but like he was in a you position. Sent those to me. No, but he was in a position to uh, where he was like, "Well, tell us what we're gonna do, like for your, 
for your debut so like where it would eat up your time where you type up shit to fucking yeah, yeah. that you care about and like obviously it goes nowhere because he was a nobody and still is a nobody and always will be a nobody because he has just he is just the worst type of human being that you possibly could ever be and thought he had power and treated people badly which is why I think he's a piece of shit that's the saying he treated people badly. he treated people badly and at the that's end where, of the day yeah. for a guy that got so much pull in wrestling yeah. He treated people badly. Treated, treated, treated good people badly. Yes. That's why I don't like this guy. And he, uh, but he would ask me for weird, like they had to, he would send me pictures of you in your trunks and like send me pictures in like different poses and like where it was inappropriate. Weird. Yeah. And, like, and then I just fucking, just fucking what? ignored. Yeah. What this, the I was fuck like, does that mean? Has nothing to do with fucking any, it, it, it just, of course, of course Jesus. this guy's fucking in a position of fucking WWE. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right? No. As it's a absurd. Crea- as a creative person, as an independent promoter that promotes content. Have you I ever think- asked one of your performers to send you pictures no! at multiple positions <laughs> posing in your in his trunks? Never. Yeah. I have an idea what they look like. You're like, hey, we got this idea for a shot. Can you send this picture? That could be something, but like. In all fairness, like I could say if you wanted to see the trunks, yeah. you could just ask for a picture of the trunks on the floor. Yeah. Or any other. Or, hey, what do you look like in trunks? Hey, this. Oh, okay. It looks cool. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. I could think of a million other ways to fucking ask of like, but no. So that was one of the things going on with this guy at the time. And like just crazy, but it was—it's all perfect for this crazy land of wrestling. Exactly, fake fighting. I think this deserves a whole part two to it, as far as like kind of—we uh, didn't know this would go this direction, but I think there's a, a big part of this story left to tell. So, I think let's wrap it up here till next week. Absolutely, I think this is uh, something that everybody deserves to kind of hear and know about, and it's why I'm sitting here where I am right now. So, completely. Thank you for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. The period of civil war has ended. It's definitely an improvement and totally not a lateral move. Join Ambassador Plek Dexeter and his intrepid crew as they explore astounding new worlds, discover their heroic destinies, and meet weird bug creatures and stuff. This is Mission to Zix. Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. That's CYXX, launching September 6th. 